Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Um, yeah. This is the most important. Jocelyn, I still can't hear you, man. Like, why? I'm sorry. I'm uh, here, I promise. Really? I'm here. Okay. I swear I'm here. Mm. I'm talking. Do you, do you hear what? I can hear her. I can hear her, but it sounds like you're, like, on a speakerphone. Oh. Yeah, Jocelyn, man. Okay, hold on. Do you on. want to switch? <laughs> no. No, I, uh, I know. Oh. Hello? Oh, oh that that's better. <laughs> yes, there we are. <laughs> All I had to do was unmute you, but so, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I All see right. how it is. I see how it is. Got so, um, we are here, and today we are talking about the end of the thrones. Uh, I'd like to call this episode... Uh, the end of our watch. And the perspective here is we've got on our first guest, Dr. Tracy Timberlake, who is not only a fan of the show, but also read the books. Is that, isn't that correct? Yeah. So I have um, done all the research. I've read the commentary, read the extra books, listened to the audio books. I've done all the things. Yes. And then we have Penny. Have you read the books? Jim? I have read the books. Ah! I've not gone as far as the extra commentary and all the uh, extra things, but I have read the books. Yay! And then you've got me, who discovered the show on its second seasons and got uh, and got hooked. And the most important perspective here, on the other hand, is that of Jocelyn, who has never seen the show. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love that! <laughs> This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kicking and Streaming. My name is Graham. Uh, here we are today on our episode number 16. Yes. And it is uh, poised to be our greatest episode yet. Sweet 16. Right. And we are talking about uh, Game of Thrones at the end. With me today is my very fantastic co-host, Jocelyn. On my right-hand side is... I I actually going to take a moment to do this. I've been dying to do this since before I met you. And so with your permission, I have to... Penny... Penny, <laughs> Penny. <laughs> okay, now it's okay. I'm only twitching a little bit. <laughs> it's all right. That's a Big Bang Theory <laughs> reference. Reference. I love it. <laughs> and of course, on Skype, uh, we are joined by fellow podcaster, uh, public speaker, Dr. Tracy Timberlake. Please continue to introduce yourself, uh, Dr. Timberlake. Sure. So I, as you said, I'm a fellow podcaster. I actually just started my podcast. I recently did a podcast on Game of Thrones and what entrepreneurs can learn from the show. Um, And I started out my career as a YouTube beauty and lifestyle vlogger and then transitioned into a business coach that helps people understand personal branding and personal monetization in the online space. So that is what I do now. 
All right, and uh, it is our understanding that you are currently in Florida dictating a conference, isn't it? No, I'm actually currently, I'm from Florida. I'm currently in Cincinnati speaking at a conference. So I stepped outside of the venue to do this wonderful chit-chat about the thrones. This is absolutely fantastic. So I, I could not be more grateful that you have agreed to do this for us. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for letting me participate. Fantastic. So uh, Game of Thrones ended last Sunday. And before... Uh, the end of the episode itself, we uh, we knew that people. Well, since the beginning of this of the last of this last season, we knew that people weren't too happy. People felt a certain kind of way about the show and the direction that it was taken. But I have never seen so much vitriol mm-hmm. <laughs> towards the end of a show. Right. <laughs> it is a how how did you feel about that? Like. All the comments, all the memes, all the, the the craziness going around. So it's basically divided in three camps, right? The camp of, I didn't like the end. The camp of, uh, I'm okay with the end, but it could have been better. And the camp that is like, uh, this is how it was supposed to end. So where are you on, on that camp, uh, Dr. Timothy? I am in the camp of... I am okay that that is how it was supposed to end. Okay. I I am. That's where I that's where I fall on the spectrum. Penny. I'm in the middle. I'm glad it is over with. I felt it could have been a little bit better, but uh, I don't hate it. You don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear more about that. So you're gonna have to go into a bit more of explanation for that. Now, Jocelyn, as a person who did not watch the show, does not. Watch the show. Uh, have you? Can you compare all the kerfuffle with something else, other TV phenomenon that you you've been involved with? Um, I think it would probably compare to Sherlock, the BBC series Sherlock. I mean, not in the sense of the hugeness of the audience, because obviously everybody watches Game of Thrones and not everybody watched Sherlock. But the people who were fans of Sherlock, when Sherlock, when there was the big reveal and what happened right. at the cliffhanger, there was the people who were like, oh, that was great. And the people who were like, that was the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Yeah. So um, to me, just from a complete outsider standpoint, that's what it seems like to me from what I see on Google. And every time I open any kind of entertainment news app, there's something about Game of Thrones. So but to me, it's kind of comparable to the fans reaction to Sherlock um, when Sherlock was was happening. But again, not from on the grand scheme of things, because Sherlock was not that popular a show. Very well. So, Dr. Timberlake, help us understand um, why do you think people have reacted this way? And do you think people would have been more okay with it had they read, had, had they been familiar with the books? Is, is there some truth to that? Um, I think, okay, here's why I think people are a little bit perturbed by the ending. There was so much buildup. You know, with and so much storytelling that happened in the first five seasons, people really wanted a lot of those to be reconciled in the final. 
And they were all set, you know, D&D, the creators of the show, they were all set on, we are going to just do this in, in six episodes. We can do it. We can do it. And they kept reassuring people that they would be able to do it in that time frame. HBO offered them more money to create more seasons. They said no. They said, well, how about more money to create more episodes? They said no. Um, and so they made everybody buy into this concept that they were going to be able to make everything work within six episodes. And we all left walking away with, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And there were so many pieces that I don't think were resolved. And that's really where people are frustrated because they've been so invested, you know, for the long haul. Um, You know, it's been essentially 10 years of the show being on the air. People came in when they came in and they they experienced the characters. They were, they did such an amazing job of really getting people in wanting to participate in, in who these characters were and who they were going to be. And then when they kind of just abruptly ended it without re- resolving any of the, the things that they had foreshadowed or any of the prophecies that existed, whether book or show, people were like wondering, well, where's the, where's the rest? Because you, t- you told us it was going to be resolved and you didn't resolve it. And, and I think only, that's where people are frustrated. Not only did they not resolve, but then they managed to open up questions right. at the end right so not only not resolve but now i'm going to open up more questions yes. that i'm not going right. to answer and and you would you would be okay with that if you knew that there were some prequels and sequels and some things to come that in the end will wind up answering those questions but the fact of the matter is hbo has had to be basically the entire week Telling people, no, we're done with it. No, we're not going to do this anymore. We're done, we're done. We don't have anything else coming. And so you are, uh, both of my guests, absolutely correct in that um, it it is perhaps all of the loose ends that have people uh, mad and uncomfortable with it. But I'd like to go ahead and start talking about how Game of Thrones became a phenomenon. Because I I don't think... The first two seasons, people really knew what they were getting into. Um, no, not at all. No, not at all. I believe, I think, in my opinion, the Game of Thrones started to catch up here in the U.S. at least when the appearance of Daenerys, Khal Drogo, the, this whole part of the season where, obviously... Jason Momoa is an American actor, and uh, he's a very good one at that. And of course, the the physical presence. He's terrible to look at. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know why people like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's when the the show started to to sort of like take in the United States. Is that is that a fair, fair assessment? I think so, and and. I think what struck me is, well, were you a fan of sci-fi fantasy shows before? Some, yes. I think it it had broader appeal. It was pulling in people who weren't initially attracted to it because they were already fans of sci-fi and fantasy. So um, I think that that's kind of, for me, what really drew, um, I realized it was beyond just my genre of TV and movies. Right. Um, and so then the show becomes something bigger than I think HBO ever imagined. Um, if we, if we could, if we could compare something, uh, if if we could compare Game of Thrones to something else that HBO has done that became such a viral, um, event, 
what what would you trace it back to? Um, I don't know if it would compare in terms of virality, but I think Sex in the City was another cultural phenomenon that people experienced. It was a, a niche market. It was women and things like that. But I think since Sex in the City and the longstanding franchise that that turned out to be, and that was something that was also based on books, I don't know that HBO has had anything as large. No, not even The Sopranos, for instance? Oh, I think The Sopranos, yeah, that that I think was an, was another pocket area. I still don't, obviously, I still don't think it was as big as Game of Thrones is. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And, and, and because Game of Thrones has all this, um, there's all this capability to, to build it beyond just the story of, you know, Song of Ice and Fire. You can now go back uh, a thousand years, you can go back five thousand years, you can move forward yes. and see where people are in the future. So I don't know that anything has existed in television ever that has had that much, uh, like, that much potential. Okay, so as someone who has not read the books, um, how faithful, at least in the first four or five seasons, uh, did they stay to the book? Because I've read somewhere that you know, a lot of the characters that died, um, in, in, for instance, in the series, uh, did not die really in the book. And there was they were just building this culture of, whacking a major character every season <laughs> sort of like the sopranos for instance um so how faithful were they um at least in the first five seasons to to the stories in the book um i think the storyline is pretty faithful but yeah with the characters they they introduced some combined some others uh like for example one of the characters the character that rob stark uh, ended up marrying, you know, that character didn't exist. They sort of combined two uh -huh. other characters for that. Um, Lady Stoneheart, like after the Red Wedding, Catelyn Stark never died. She turned into Lady Stoneheart. So right. that doesn't exist on the show. Um, I don't know if they did it for money purposes, like, you know, budgeting or just because they were pushing the, the show in a not different direction, but they, they needed it to use some creative license to to not have all of the intricacies that George R. R. Martin had in the books. But there are several characters that I think are like, and they changed some names too, like Yara isn't Yara, she's Asha in the book. So there, there are some differences. I appreciated some of those differences because in the last book, I found myself getting really frustrated with right. the story because he wasn't continuing storylines. Uh -huh. He was introducing new characters. And I was getting frustrated by that just reading the book. So the show helped resolve some of that for me. And when I thought about, especially because we all, whoever read the books, knew the Red Wedding was coming. Mm -hmm. And so when we were in that episode, I thought, I wonder if they're going to continue the Lady Stoneheart thread and was so glad when they didn't. So I appreciated that they tightened up some of that because it could have gotten really out of control easily. I'm going to uh, take a moment here to uh, call an interpreter service so that y y y we can have an interpreter for uh, Jocelyn. Because <laughs> 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 you notice the same glazed look as I get when, you know, somebody <laughs> comes in and they speak French or <laughs> Graham help. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to happen, but the fact of the matter is uh, Game of Thrones is and was such a phenomenon that I know that we could not pass on the opportunity of making 
an episode about it. So let's talk about some of the characters, uh, both Penny and uh, Dr. Timberlake. In the end, so we get the king that we get, and that is Bran Stark. And I feel like one of the things, by the way, I'm in the camp of like, it could have been better, so, but yeah, let's just end it the way it ended. But I feel like one of the biggest issues here that people are expressing is the fact that, you know, the three-eyed raven has a purpose and it is to basically keep people abreast about what history is all about. What What's the history of Westeros uh, from the beginning of time? And so having that purpose was, in my view, enough for Bran. He's got was, one full-time job already. Exactly. There was no need to just... And I feel like his... Uh, kingship is more of a symbolic thing as opposed to completely agree yeah. to 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 someone that will be will do something extraordinary. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's exactly what they were going for um, because you know the whole story of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones like is the the power struggle that people have when within themselves when they get that much power, and so to end it with. Bran being king, where he has no desire to have any power at all, but he has all of this knowledge of history to see what has happened in the past, uh, it it kind of changes the game for Westeros and for the land, because it's not somebody who just wants to rule, but rather somebody that's going to approach the kingdom from a completely different perspective. And then you get sort of a similar thing, as much of a, a democracy as you can have, I suppose, with having a council of people who do have a vested interest in what it looks like to still live in sort of a field society or a monarchy type of environment. So I think it works for where, for the, I guess, the morale or, or where they were trying to take the story. Okay, so when you put it this way, then I think I understand, and I'm kind of agreeing here. Um, and I hope that people listening to the, this podcast will will take it from there, because I, I feel like this is the major frustration for everybody is the fact that Bran ended up... So so if that wasn't the case, then I suppose the question is, what would you have done differently? If you were, if you were charged with concluding the show, with picking how the future goes for Westeros from now on, what would you have done differently? I mean, I have a pretty good idea of what I would have done differently. But let's talk. Well, I'd like to know what you would have done differently. <laughs> what would you have done different? Here's the thing. I feel like there is the one character that survives everything. He was literally the cockroach of the show in, in <laughs> terms of survival. And I'm talking about uh, Tyrion. Um, and there was a moment, a very iconic moment for me in the show, which is when he said, that's what I do. I drink and I know things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even yeah, though, <laughs> even though towards the end he became a bit erratic in his decision, but I think most of the mistakes that he made towards the end were related to to his family. Was his weakness yeah. with, towards his family, and that is a perfectly natural thing, no matter how terrible, as we say here that family may have been to you, um, you have this innate um, instinct of 
helping them of of going to their aid and i think those were that's where his his mistakes were but other than that he is was the wisest little motherfucker in in westeros yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i think people can yeah aside from bran who kind of knows everything in terms of just knowledge he's like google yeah nobody right. nobody likes to know it all <laughs> right right <laughs> but but i think i i actually expected uh, just two things i if 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 there was going to be a dude crowned king i thought that it should have it could have been Tyrion. Uh one I don't think Jon Snow was a terribly good leader, leader. Two, Jon Snow was not really into the whole thing. Like Jon Snow did a lot of things because he was placed in situations where he had to battle himself out of, but not because he chose to be in there. So Being king wasn't his thing. He wasn't going to be king. And if he was, I don't think he would have been a good one. He, uh, he would have been just uh, influenced by other people to do things that is not in the best interest of, of, of the realm. And so Tyrion would have been that. Or I would have preferred actually Sansa to end up That's being the I queen think. of the whole thing. What do you think? She is yeah, the one I, I wanted to be yeah. queen. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. And Sansa became my favorite character in the end. Um, cause I feel like if I was in now, she was not my favorite character in the beginning. I was like, come on, no. Sansa, I need you to get, come on, girl, yeah. <laughs> get yeah. some things together. Enough with the But hair already the end, and the gowns, you know? <laughs> right. But towards the end, um, I think because of what she learned and all of that, she did become my favorite character. And I always say like, if I was, if I was a character in Game of Thrones, I would, I would be Sansa because I love how she, how she stood for the things that she believed in the most and, and how she fought through a lot of things and, and really how she could foresee because people are always talking about how Sansa betrayed John. And I was like, yeah, but you have to understand like Sansa knew that if Daenerys became queen and people knew who John's lineage was like that John would end up dying. And that was her yeah. brother. And she didn't want that to happen. And she also didn't want the North to be part of the seven kingdoms either. So she had a lot of uh, interest in, not putting Daenerys on that throne. And so she did what she did both for family and for duty. And, and I probably would have done the exact same thing, but I really thought that, uh, you know, Georgie was going to go with the whole Lord of the Rings thing, because I know that he was heavily influenced by Tolkien in that way. I thought he was going to take it to making Jon Snow King, even if he didn't want it to be, because that's how game of, or that's how Lord of the Rings ended. So I thought that was going to be the direction he would go, and then just have Tyrion serve as the hand and, and all of that as well. But but do you think uh, the end has anything to do with 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 uh, George R R Martin? Um, given the fact, because he, I think he put out a statement saying that his end is going to be quite different, isn't it? There were certain things that I heard that he had definitive rules about, like the fact that Arya needed to be the one to kill the white walker right. and or the 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 king the night king the night king but my understanding is that the way it ended is not his influence at all and that he's going to have his own way of ending it which you know makes me okay fine i'm going to keep reading his books but um i don't think he had much of a say in this at all and that might well be something about yeah no he didn't uh, I, I, that might well be something about like eh, Yeah, I got these books that I'm still doing, 
and don't think you know how these things end because you're going to have to buy my book, isn't it? Of course. <laughs> well, that's just great yeah, marketing. I mean, yeah, it, it works out in the end for him because people people are frustrated because they just feel like it was just kind of a slap together episode. Um, they spent a lot of times in the battle and a lot of money on CGI stuff, but didn't yes. really push the needle forward in terms of the character development. They just kind of were like, okay, well, and then this happens and then this happens and now everyone's dead and now it's over. And, but they didn't give us enough time and space to really grow with the people as they moved into those ending like positions. Yeah. So is it possible that people's major, biggest quarrel with this last season is how, you know, little amount of episodes there were as opposed to how it actually ended? Um, That's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's wholeheartedly what I think. You think if people had gotten more of the character development and where things were going, they would have been more like, eh, I could have seen it coming. Whereas this time it was like, this happened, this happened, this happened, the end, boom. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to that point, I mean, George has been waiting like a whole decade to finish writing these books. And, you know, D&D &D just didn't have the source material to create a better story. I think they had the bullet points of how it was going to end. And then they just kind of had to figure out how they were going to get there without the books to really guide them in terms of the character development or any of the major uh, instances that were going to happen. Yeah. Like Jocelyn said, they just kind of know this and this or, and then it's, that's done. Yeah. Um, or Penny, Penny said, that's all they have is just boom, boom, boom. We're finished. They didn't have, they didn't have the whole story arcs of each of the characters. Well, and they trained us as show watchers for all of these years to to tell to take a a season and a half to tell just one little part of the story and they took two years worth of material and condensed it into six shows so that was abrupt for us as show watchers that suddenly i mean how gendry spent three years in a boat while the, in earlier <laughs> seasons and suddenly they're getting between the north and king's landing in in a, a commercial you know, the time for a commercial to air. So it just, it was abrupt, I think, for those of us who had been watching it all this time. And in terms, of, much. In, in terms of the end of certain characters, um, the, the death of uh, Cersei, I think a lot of people have major oh, issues. <laughs> it was too kind. She's it was so anticlimactic. Oh, I needed her to die in a different way. <laughs> Oh, I and I mean, I just think that there are a lot of things that I wonder about, too, because let's be honest, Arya kills the Night King. She's the only one that can really get close. I feel like we could have just saved ourselves a whole bunch of problems if you're like, you know, Arya, you killed the Night King and Cersei's yes. on your list. Yes. How can I support you to go and kill her? Yes. Because we don't all need to go. You can do this yourself. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get that. That's what I would have preferred, or at least an attempt by Arya, because she was on her list and that list... She had held on to for, you know, 10 years. Yes. She quoted it before she fell asleep every night yep. for all of these every years. Night. And then she's like, all right, peace, I'm out. I'm going to go see what's west of Westeros. And yeah. it, yeah. it was very... That's not even her character uh -uh. to do that. Not at oh. all. I'm, I'm also like, you know, for Arya is the most fearless character in the entire thing. Oh, she's my spirit animal. And the notion that Arya is going to be like, yeah... Maybe I should listen to Clegane and get out of here because it is getting dangerous. That to me was like so out of character. Not once had she listened to him. No. 
at any other time before. But this time she is? It's like, okay, look, yo, don't kill the person you hate the most. And then you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to walk away. But by the way, let me thank you for giving me this little piece of advice. She's like, hey, Clegane, thank you. No, get out of here. That's not true. (laughs) That didn't happen. Especially because Cersei was one of the first people on her. Like, Cersei... Uh, was an orchestrator of why she even had a list, period. Yes. That's like the beginning. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the way, I think the cruelest, and Cersei had a list, a myriad of things that she did that were cruel, but the way she orchestrated the death of Ned Stark, that I will never forgive her for that. Right. That was never. insane. Exactly. That was bad. Exactly. That was bad. She also killed her husband, uh, uh, the um, the The rightful king. Yes, right, Robert Baratheon. She killed him too. That's what. So really, she was like the web, you know, the the Black Widow that kind of started this whole situation. At least with Arya. Yeah, and and let's continue talking about the powerful female characters in this whole thing because I can tell you something. I loved. Whether they were bad, whether they were good, I freaking loved each and every one of them. But there were, of of the ones that were sort of like ambiguous, but sometimes good, sometimes bad, I, I choose two. Yara Greyjoy was <laughs> insane. And also, Oleana Terrell. She was, when when this lady was, on camera, when she was on, on the scenes, I couldn't stop watching her. I've, it's like the best spirit of an old, wise lady with this great attitude of, yes, I'm a mother. And when she, the, the, even in the moment she was dying, the, her last words were like, yeah, suck it to me. <laughs> uh, I I was... I was in love with that lady, a 90-year-old, and I could still marry her. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was a great character. I feel like you want Olena Tyrell to be on your side. Yes. You know, like you, like she is so savage. Yes. Like you want, you want her to be your grandmother, or you want her to be your mom, or you yes. just want her on your team, because otherwise she's not somebody you want to cross. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, and, uh, and you knew that from the very beginning, because she, she could quip some words at you, Make you feel little in a matter of second, like make you feel like a like a, a, a grain of mustard <laughs> with just a, a couple of words. Um, what other female characters um, could you tell us that were your favorites? Well, I already mentioned Sansa was was probably my favorite towards the end. Once you see her whole story arc, she became my favorite for sure. Penny. So, yes, I agree. Sansa's by far my favorite in terms of just watching her character growth over the the arc of the the stories. She went from a sheltered, privileged little girl to this strong woman who took the experiences life handed her and turned it into strength and knowledge. And she was not bitter made bitter by it. At yeah. least that's not my perception of it. I felt like she, it helped her yeah. empathize with people yes. and she understood the importance of her family and she understood the importance of her people. And so that's why I was glad at the end 
she made that announcement that the North would remain its own kingdom. And I thought, yes, you know, because she's going to continue to be able to be queen. Do you agree with uh, people giving um, Littlefinger some credit for her growth? I, I find that a bit condescending. Uh, if you will. I want to dismiss it just because it makes me think she doesn't need a man to further her <laughs> growth. You know, she could do this on her own. It's because of the experiences that she had with men that made her um, reject that that evil and sinister way. That's what I feel like they taught her was the evil side. Right. And she learned instead right. strength from the, the um, example of her mother. Yes. And then the uh-huh. her sister as well, you know. So, yeah, I but there may be something there, but I just want to immediately reject it. I don't I don't see it at all cuz I I, I Littlefinger always pretended to be good to Sansa, but he wasn't. He definitely wasn't. Well, I think wasn't. what she learned from Littlefinger was just how to like how to be conniving like or exactly. not conniving like in a bad way but she le- like she learned lessons i don't want to give him the whole responsibility she was smart enough to sure. to pay attention right. i think is what it like that and that is all her because remember in the beginning she had no desire to be i mean in terms of she wanted to be queen but she wanted to just be like the person that bore children for the king right. she didn't want to rule she she just wanted to wear pretty dresses and wear her hair in a pretty way mm-hmm. uh and then learning you know, what strength and power looks like. And from observation of what Littlefinger was doing, she got, she really took it upon herself to observe and to learn from that and to say, you know what, this is, listen, you can't manipulate me anymore. I'm not playing this game with you. And that was all her smart enough. She was smart enough to, to take those experiences and, and turn them into something that really benefited her and her people and her family in the end. And if you're going to give credit to Littlefinger, then you need to give credit to Cersei as well, because she was also an example of how not to do it. Yeah, and that that if she was observant and spent time with her as well, she would see that end of it as well. You have to give her credit for also influencing what kind of a queen she wanted to be. Right, because when there, there are two things in life you can do with 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 live experiences and it is you can observe someone's behavior and say to yourself i want to be that person or i never want to be that person exactly (laughs) and so that exactly yep the choice was hers and that's where i have an issue with the fact that they say oh little finger here and there but so let's go to another of the female characters she has been hailed as the greatest public speaker of the Northern Kingdom. Do you, you guys, Liana Mormont. Mm-hmm. Oh, Little Liana. My God, she was fierce. <laughs> I loved the way she went out. Oh, my God. It was the best. Oh, that was insane. But um, the way she was able to throw shade. Oh, yeah. That is like, who is talking? Like, whenever I heard the voice, and they would pan the entire you know, long table of big beardy dudes. And I hear this voice, questioning and commanding voice. And then boom, they get to her. And also, she's the one talking. And all you have to do is listen. (laughs) She was that good. She would. Yeah, she was very astute for her age, you know, considering she was one of the characters that I really 
wish that I mean I'm so I'm glad the way that she went out and and I understand her desire to fight with her people but I'm just sad that you know Mormont was one of the great houses of the north and yes. now they're they are no longer because you know they killed her off hopefully she doesn't get killed off in the books hope maybe she lives yeah and it is a sad thing to see the the, the house of Mormont disappear like that because obviously Jorah boom and then right literally exactly out so what what other house disappeared? Because obviously uh, the Tarleys survived thanks to Samuel. The Tarleys survived. The Umbers are gone. The Boltons are gone. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is true. Um, the Freys are gone, which, you know, I don't know that they were. I mean, they were a, a house. Uh, and then you have the Mormonts that disappeared. The Starks live. There are yes. a few other houses in the north. Um, you know, we have the Baratheons that still live on through Gendry. Oh, through the Gendry. Dornish are still alive. The Lannisters through Tyrion, should he continue to, to move forward, but the Tyrells are gone. So yes. that's how Bronn ended up getting the Reach and uh, Highgarden. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the Ironborn. So they're with Art, with Yara. So she still lives um, in the Iron Islands. So they still live as well. But basically all of these houses need to start having children. Yes. Or else they're all yeah. gone. <laughs> and you wonder, I was having this conversation too, like, well, who's going to marry who? Because right. <laughs> who's Sansa marrying now? Like, what's going to happen here? There you go. Well, technically, she's still married to Tyrion. Oh, yeah. That's what I always said. She technically is still married to Tyrion. So, yeah, that is true. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, and that would be the union of two great houses, although I don't know that Sansa would want to have any kid with the last name. <laughs> Lannister. Lannister, right. but yeah. Um, so before you leave women, I just want to talk about Brienne of Tarth before we yes. leave oh, yes. strong women. Yes. Sir Brienne. Because I just adore her. Yes. And I thought it was great how she was knighted and then she had her, you know, her one night with Jamie before he left her. But Yay! I was so proud of her. And really what I loved was her getting a chance to fill in the book for Jamie at the end, the only thing that bothered me about that scene was she wasn't letting the ink dry before she turned the page. <laughs> but that was that was just my OCD oh coming my out. God. But but otherwise, I thought it was just I loved her her little story arc there, and I, I loved her as a character, and and thought I need one of I need her in my life. She she was brilliant, yeah, I loved her. and her sense of loyalty is one of the greatest yes. things I've ever seen in my life. Very yeah. strong, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love, yeah, her loyalty and her ability to keep an oath, yes. um, you know, to Lady Stark and carried it really to the very end. That's, that was wonderful. One of my biggest I'm glad she lived. Is Me that, too. One of my biggest things with, with, with Brienne of Tart is that everybody seemed to have had a price throughout the mm -hmm. entire thing. No matter, no matter how stoic, how honest of a character, everyone had a price. You could come with an offer to anyone and in the end, someone was going to buy. Whereas that never happened with Brienne. It was like, nope, I made a promise to Lady Stark and I'm going to mm -hmm. see it through. Yeah. 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 So, very, 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 very good character. So let's go back to the end because I was put on the, uh, well, on the spotlight about how would you have liked it to end? Penny, what would, what would you have done? I came to really hate Bran towards the end because I 
He just really annoyed me. He was completely (laughs) useless. And, and even, you know, even as he was made the king and then he's all, he basically left it to his council. I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go try to fly and yeah, I'm going to find the dragon. Yeah. Like, dude, like you're the king. You're going to go fly around to look for a dragon. What's what's wrong with you? I mean, I understand why he was a good choice and, and, Fine, but really, I would have been completely okay if Tyrion was made the king, just because in all of this, a Lannister ends up on the throne after all, and mm-hmm. I would have been okay with that. But I didn't want. I thought I wanted Jon Snow to be king, but as I really started thinking about it after the show ended and I was pondering it, I thought he's just—he's too. I don't know what the word is. Good. He's too honorable. He's too yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Too, too you know, honorable. He, he absolutely is. It. He. He would. That position would kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd be assassinated in like a week. Yeah. yeah. Like next week, you're dead. Yeah. Because he would the, never see it coming. I mean, he got killed before, and he didn't right. see that coming. So by people that he trusted, he trusted exactly in his inner circle. And I was like, "See, that's gonna happen again. You're gonna die again." Yeah. <laughs> so I have two questions. One about Jon Snow, and the second one is just we, we we haven't talked a bit. We need to talk a bit about Daenerys and her ending and the whole thing. And I know that you have to go, Doctor Tracy. So I'm gonna be very brief with this. Okay. <laughs> what do you say about the fact that people are saying what was the point of bringing Jon Snow back from the dead? Well, according to the prophecies, there's a prophecy inside of the book that talks specifically about Azor Ahai, which they brought up in the show but never really resolved. So that's one of the things that wasn't resolved. But Azor Ahai in the book, the, the tradition says that Azor Ahai, the original one, ended up having to kill his lover in order to forge a sword that killed the White Walkers, like the Lightbringer. Um, so I knew just from that kind of foreshadow that John was going to have to kill Daenerys at some point. And with all the other stuff happening, I figured he is going to kill Daenerys. I thought it would be more evolved than what it was. I didn't think he was just going to walk in, have a conversation and then stab her. That seemed ridiculous, but I knew that it was absolutely going to come. Uh, And so because he was, I thought that he was brought back because he was the prince that was promised and he was going to reforge Lightbringer. Now I, if I were to do things differently, um, I know that it would have tortured John to be king because he hated it. And I, I know that he probably wouldn't have lasted very long, but I did want to see at least a, a resolution to the fact that he is this last living Targaryen. Like right. I need at least something, give me something. Otherwise, what's the point of him being a Targaryen at all? Just don't make him. There we go. They, yes. So that, that, those are my thoughts about Jon Snow. I still would have liked to see him. Uh, be on the Iron Throne, uh, or at least people have wanted it. Now, I do think that he would have died very quickly because I don't think that he, <laughs> ha- he has what it takes to, to... He doesn't have the ruthlessness that is required to rule, like to make those hard decisions because he just cares about people. And he's all kind all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it would have been really cool to see a united kingdom, including the free folk, uh, you know, keeping the North in the kingdom and all that. I would have, because I'm just kind of like a sap for a happy ending. I would have liked that, but I, I, I get why useless Bran has to sit on the throne, but <laughs> it's not my favorite ending, but I get it. 
And by the way, can we stop calling the dude the broken now that he's the king? Right, <laughs> Brand the broken. What is that all about? <laughs> um, so going to Daenerys, I didn't, I didn't like how her conclusion, her resolution, was a bit lazy for me because it 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 perpetuates the idea so lazy. of. Yeah, it's just, oh, okay, so you definitely are the carrier of the sins of your father. And I hated that for her. Um, The notion that this woman who had gone around nations and nations and liberating, and, and yes, she did use cruelty to to get some of, of, of the, to some of the points where she needed to get, but at the end of the day, it was basically people that sort of deserved it. And so this kind of sudden change of heart, of personality, of, of, of emotions, for me was sort of like, that doesn't, that, does, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't understand this. Why? Is, is, that, is that how it happens in the book? Does that... Is there any indication in the book that Daenerys is, has been bad the entire time? Because, like, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that issue because here's the thing with the, what they made Daenerys out to be is like there was like a switch that snapped when Jon Snow rejected her, and then you know she didn't get her way, and she just ended up throwing like some Targaryen tantrum right. because she wasn't people didn't like her and. And that's that's not the character that they built up. Built they up, exactly. they really needed that middle bit to show at least one example of her going just ape crazy on people. You know, just one example. Mm-hmm. They just needed one example, but they didn't have that. All you had was her liberating people and punishing all the bad people. You never had her killing children and innocent people in the process. Had they had at least one example, then we could have jumped from, okay, there goes Daenerys, like, being crazy again. See, last time that happened. But you don't have that. So we're left with, like, so she just threw a tantrum and decided to kill everybody because nobody liked her, which is ridiculous. And I get it. She's been through a lot of stuff. She really has. Um, But so has everybody else. And no one else is doing those things. And I think in the books it will be that, though. I think in the books she will be that. But he will build up to it. It's not just going to be a... One day I'm fine, and then nobody likes me, and now I'm throwing a tantrum with my dragon. Yeah, not cool. Not cool at all. Um, A lot of people are justifying it also because, oh, well, she just lost her best. All of the people closest to her, Mormont. um, Everyone did. Everyone lost their best friends and their dads and their parents. Everyone did. And they're all, I mean, they all have issues. They probably all need therapy, but no one is doing that. Exactly. So, so I don't get it. What, what do you think, Penny? No, I'm I'm completely on the same page. I I thought it was the most unbelievable switch yes. that I, I'd really seen. I felt like she she's made of stronger stuff. She's the mother of dragons. <laughs> she should. I I wanted more. I never had any clue from her character building in the entire series that. She was going to ignore everything that she had been told, and, and now I'm going to go kill innocents. It just didn't sit well with me at all. I didn't believe it at all. The whole time it was happening, I when I'm watching it, I'm I'm going, oh no, no, this is not happening. This is not happening. Yeah. I was so upset by that. 
And do you believe, <laughs> I'm going to post this, this is supposed to be part of a meme, and I find it funny, but <laughs> the, here's a theory that White Horse, that, that had this tearing contest with, uh, with Arya, is it true, <laughs> do you think it is true that it was a salute <laughs> to uh, Old Town <laughs> Old Town Road. <laughs> because um, when Yara, uh, what's her name, Arya, actually gets on the horse and, and goes away, people thought that that was a perfect opportunity to bring, oh, I'm going to get my horse to the Old Town Road. <laughs> There are so many theories about that white horse. I don't even because it, it didn't really make sense because she came right back. So where did she go? Right, <laughs> right. You went nowhere. You came. She came right back, and she was right in the same scene where everybody else was in the square of yep. King's Landing. So that was pointless. We get like uh, maybe she had to pee. <laughs> that must have been it. So Thank it you, was just Johnson. ridiculous. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, there are a lot of. We can pick apart a lot of the... What do you make of all the little mistakes that, that t started to show up? The bottle of water, the <laughs> Starbucks cup, and, and stuff. Like, what happened there? Like, how do you... Do you think they were so, like, I'm done with this. Let's get this bitch out of here. <laughs> done. I think to a degree they were. I think they were just over it. And you could tell by the just the lack... And granted, every season, I think, has had, like, a truck in it or, like, a Coca-Cola bottle yeah. somewhere. And <laughs> Um, but when you combine everything together with the lack of storytelling, the poor writing, uh, the inability to truly capture character arcs to, and the inability to fulfill some of the the buildup that they had in previous seasons, plus all of this like lack of QCing in the scenes, I do think that at some point they were just like, you know what, just throw it together. That's fine. Put it up there. It's fine. Very well. So, all in all... Um... Dr. Timberlake, you are perfectly fine with the ending, although you would have done certain things differently. But Right. I am Team Stark, and so the fact that the Starks get to rule essentially all of Westeros and the North, I am and beyond the North, then beyond the wall, because John gets to be king of the of the free folk. Yeah. I am happy that all Starks win. Okay. Penny? I agree with that. I do feel like there was things that could be done better and I'm waiting to see. I'm excited to find out what happens in the books. But I do think that uh, I'm happy with the way... I'm just glad it's over with, I guess. Okay, so let me take, right. the, let me take this opportunity to bring in one of our guests uh, today. Uh, Jocelyn, having heard... <laughs> Are you ready to start watching? Can, can, I, can I say something? Because I never, ever, ever get to say this. Yeah. It's, it's always directed at me. Uh -huh. Nerds! <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Excuse me, that's Mrs. Nerd. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, and also, I have a conspiracy theory. Okay, awesome. Go on. I do. I have a conspiracy theory. Go I think on. I think that George R. R. Martin paid off HBO to make this unsatisfying, so that when he writes those books, they're fucking bestsellers. I, you know what? I think you're hundred percent. They were going to be bestsellers anyway. Oh, oh I, I mean, I mean, even that. over the top. Like, if people had enjoyed the ending of this and it hadn't caused controversy, people would have been like, "Eh, you know, the books. I'll probably read them at some point. Yeah, I'll buy true. one." But now people are going to be at the bookstores punching motherfuckers out to well, get them. Oh, yeah. and they. <laughs> 
our investments. Yeah. I mean, you and you're investing time and your life to yeah. this book. So you have to be committed I'm to concerned. reading it. I'm concerned that, you know, he's, he doesn't look like he's the healthiest of humans. I don't no, know. He doesn't. Right. I, <laughs> I, I'm really concerned that I'm not going to get, you know, winds of winter. And I had an idea that the Starks were going to win because his original final book was called a, uh, a time for wolves and he just right. changed it to a dream of spring. So I figured that at some point the, the Starks would get something, but I don't know if he's going to finish these, man. He has like all these projects coming up, the prequels that he's working on, plus a couple of other shows that he's consulting with and I'm like I don't know that I'm ever going to get these books Georgie and then he, the, this this week he came out saying like hey man I'm working on a video game too like dude right. can you just get on to writing focus. <laughs> focus focus George focus <laughs> alright so um, Jocelyn finally books or the series which one you're going to go first um, books okay so we got a winner we got a new one for a new fan of Game of Thrones. Um. Yay, the series, The Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you these, Dr. Timberlake. Do you think we will see anything in terms of TV series in the future? Anything that comes close to the impact? Great question. Um, you know, yesterday I was on, I was just Googling around to see like what the next thing was. I know a couple of years ago, Jeff Bezos kind of made it his mission to find the next big Lord of the Ring, or I'm sorry, the next big um, A Song of Ice and Fire series or book or whatever to turn into TV. And he's now doing, or Amazon is now doing a prequel to the Lord of the Rings. So that's supposed to be comparable. And then there are several others that are fantasy fiction, sci-fi things that are coming out on Netflix and HBO as well. So... Do I think anything will be as big as Game of Thrones? No, because I, I think that the first mover is always going to be the biggest. Yeah. But I think that there are going to be some really good projects. Now that they know what things can become, and they've seen a precedent, and they've seen an example, and they have a case to follow, I think that we're going to get at least several attempts, which I am excited about. Fantastic. Me too. Fantastic. And with that said, I want to uh, give you uh, thanks Dr. Timberlake, for participating, for agreeing to be with, with us today. <laughs> you have been absolutely fantastic. I have learned so much about this show that now I'm going to go and buy the books. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> and um, I um, will take this moment to crown you the queen of everything, <laughs> everything uh, is a yeah. song of ice and fire and dance. <laughs> thank you, thank you. This was so much fun. I loved it. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> thank you very much. And, and thank you very much, Penny, for being here with us today too. In this studio. is very exciting. <laughs> and um, and for Jocelyn, she was the brawn of the show today. I just sat here, you know, <laughs> named after fire. She was probably like, fine. "What is happening?" <laughs> I think her eyes did go white there for a little bit. <laughs> she... Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Timberlake, you've got a friend here uh, for anything you need, whatever you need. And thank you very much for... And thank you. And, and I cannot wait to share this podcast because I talk about Game of Thrones all the time. So I know all the people who will be very excited about this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much again. You have a fantastic rest of the week. You too. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.